Almost a weekend and you don't know what to do Or you just need something fun to listen to Southside Pod! Yes, we're on the Southside air Pod. And the gang's all here, all things on the Southside We're listening to the Southside Pod Looking for the best Southside breweries Or you might just need an awesome place to eat Green, Blue Island, Beverly, pay listen, all sub to your tuned in to the Southside Pod. Southside Pod! Oklahoma, Midlothian, Old Fort Chicago Ridge, Flossmore, and Bridgeview, you're listening to Southside Pod! And belly up to my nine foot homemade oak bar right here in my basement on the Southside. My name is Chris, that's Bill, that's Mike. This is Southside Pod, 30 minutes of good in a world of dumb. This episode's packed. Pollyanna Brewing has gotten into the distilling game and they have Pollyanna Social now available in Lamont and maybe coming to a neighborhood near you. We're going to have some bourbon. We're going to find out what it's all about. Marianne Rowan Leslie from the Southside Irish Parade back on this show to tell us how it went. And there is a massive election that you may not know about coming up in a couple of weeks here that affects so many different villages and people that live within them on the south side. 11 candidates going for two spots and one of them down here at the 9-foot homemade oak bar to explain it to you. This episode and every episode of Southside Pod brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions. You heard the ad at the beginning of the show. They've been named the Southland's best for several years. Family and veteran owned and operated since they started in 2013 and now they have unveiled Express Service. If you know exactly what you want, what you need, you can see the cost right on the website. Who does that? Family Waterproofing Solutions does that. Look at the price, make the order, and schedule on site immediately for quick, fast, good service. Your basement's best defense is at FamilyDry.com. You know what I always find funny is that when I have a politician or somebody running for office show up, they come with gifts. That's like what they do. Dan Casey is running for an office that I don't normally hear much about. And is it how would you describe this? Is this a, a school board because it's Moraine Valley uh, trustees? Is it or would you just say, nope, trustee board? Because that's what it is. Like, how do you describe what this election is that you're running in? Wow, Chris, well, you're putting me right on the spot. Right yeah, I dive right into it, Dan. I dive right into <laughs> yeah, it. You yeah. brought beer and you were like, oh, this will be well, real easy. And know, I'm like, getting, no, no, no. We're getting close to St. Patty's Day. So what better than a podcast and a few Guinnesses? But, you know, I, I, just a funny story before we jump into this. Uh, you know, we, we kicked this off a little bit earlier around this, but. You know, I went to pick up some beers at, at Kenwood Liquors, and of all things, you know, what goes best with beer but with with Rose Gold pretzels? And uh, I asked three or four sales guys in Kenwood, no Rose Gold pretzels. They said they can't find them. They've asked the distributor. Uh, nobody can find the darn thing. So I made it just in the nick of time for this podcast because I stopped over at Walgreens to get uh, the Schneider's pretzels right. because they didn't have any Rose Gold in stock. But uh I like how you were like, I'm bringing beer, I have to have pretzels. You have to. Yeah. That's what's part of the deal. I mean, how do you have how do you have beer without pretzels? I don't know how this works. And especially around St. Patty's Day, I mean, we could have brought some other Irish fare, but uh, you know, this is and this will work out great. Snyder's is a great comp- compromise to uh to that equation. But no, just going to your point, I mean, yeah, I mean there's there's um the upcoming election is at Marine Valley and it's for uh two trustee seats. 
There's 11 people running. There is 11 people running. It's the most competitive race on the South side. There are uncontested like trustee races and mayoral races and everything else like that. And then you guys have 11 people who want to serve in two spots. Chris, how do I get myself into these things? I mean, it's just, these are two critical seats for a critical time for the college. Um, they have, you know, a number of challenges coming up this year next, and we'll talk about that during the podcast a little bit here. Um, but yeah, you know, I was as shocked as, as everybody else, you know, when, uh, I had a conversation with Eileen, uh, Curlin Walsh, who I'm running with, it's my running mate uh, for the election. You know, when we looked at the challenges and both of us have real deep ties to the college going back decades, you know, and it's such a critical asset for the community, you know, as kids are thinking about their, their, uh, tracks for higher education, uh, as workers are thinking about like certificate programs, what they want to do in life and all the rest related to how they want to make a living, really is an important asset in the community to make sure that we remain that intact so that it remains vibrant. People can get done what they want to get done there, whether it be a two-year degree, an associate's degree, or if they want to go on for their certificate programs and come out and go work for, you know, decently paying union jobs uh, so they can have a livable wage. Um, in my mind, that's really why kind of we're getting involved. And so when I talk to Eileen, um, you know, Eileen has a legal background. She's a lawyer and uh, a very strong community community advocate. Um, I like to say I, I probably carry her bags to a lot of these events just because she's so out there. But she's just a wonderful person, um, married with uh, a couple of kids. And, and, you know, she's actually an immigrant and has been a, affiliated with the college, as I mentioned before, for decades. And similar to Eileen, you know, I have uh, three sons and married living in Palos Heights. And and uh, same thing, same, a strong affiliation with the school for decades. I think it's a great platform for a lot of these kids to reduce their their educational-related costs so they can really kind of go out there and do it in a more user-friendly way and more economic way. I mean, as you think about it, you know, inflation's running rampant. Um, everybody's struggling with the day-to-day. And, you know, as you think about your higher education alternatives, this is a great stepping stone for a lot of kids in the community. I think a lot of people when they're they're thinking elections, especially when they look at local elections, will think to themselves, local school boards, uh, mayoral election, village trustees, maybe a clerk, something like that. Uh, the community college that's out in Palos is not something that I think clicks at the top of mind for most people on the south side. Now, it sounds to me like your thing is, well, you know, at some point you may need this. Your kids may need this. That's why this is important to you. But how does somebody discern between you as a candidate and one of the other 10 people, a total of 11 that are running in this? Yeah, you know, quite candidly, Chris, um, I don't know. And, And I think that's one of the big issues is that, you know, because it is a little bit off the radar, maybe not in the mainstream, people don't understand some of the issues at the college. They don't understand uh, who some of these candidates are. But, you know, when we look at that community college in Palos, what people don't appreciate is that there's over 20,000 students in the college. It covers, I think the districts are somewhere in the context of like 140 square miles. Think about that. 140 square miles feed into the community college. You know, it is just a very important asset for a lot of these kids you know, if you look at the options, for example, what's the average tuition of an in-state school here? Is it thirty-five grand um, for those kids that you know don't want to go a particular track within those colleges? They don't know what they want to do in life. They want to get the generals knocked out and continue that journey as they make that decision. It's a great platform to do that. And so, you know, to put dollars and cents, you know, if you say the average state school is is thirty-five grand a year, you know, Marine Valley, you know, if you're in district, it's what, five to six thousand bucks for the full year. 
Again, great stepping stone for the kids that are uncertain, a great stepping stone for the kids that don't have that financial flexibility, which given the rising costs, you know, more and more kids can't afford that four-year tuition. Uh, And so this really, I think, is people rethink their educational and career choices going forward because of the shifting labor dynamics in the market, rising costs, et cetera. This is just a great platform, and I think it's going to be even more important for a lot of the kids in the community going forward. What do you think is uh, most important things for Moraine Valley that that you, you want to focus on? Uh, the reason why Eileen and I are getting involved in this heavily <laughs> competed race. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people. There's going to be nine losers. Dan. Yeah. Not, well, I'd like to see, I'd like to say a lot, nine people that come in second place, but <laughs> there's, um, there's, uh, you know, it's, it, and thank goodness I don't have an ego or, you know, I probably never would get involved. But, <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is that the school has a couple of real big challenges. I think the big challenges we talked about was costs. Um, the other big challenge is, you know, as part of that is they have the collective bargaining agreements that are coming up for negotiation with all the unions of the college. So how do you make sure that, you know, even while you're trying to keep tuitions low, taxes low for taxpayers, um, and then also taxpayers in terms of local taxpayers, as well as at the state level, because the state subsidizes this as well, um, you know, how do we package that up in a way where it works for everybody, right? Where you can make the commitments that you've made to to the workers, you can keep taxes low, and then you can also keep the tu- tuition low for students. And Eileen, and this is the very issue that Eileen and I talked about, which is we really need to come up with novel streams of revenues, right? You need to make the college more sustainable, more self-funding, uh, as opposed to, you know, relying on, you know, state subsidies and just, you know, asking um, taxpayers to fit the bill. So we need to take a novel push to that. Eileen and I have a number of ideas along that camp. Uh, so I think that that will really help on the sustainability side that will also uh, keep costs low and then also take care of the workers in the process. The second issue really is, is that the board, you know, the, the folks that sit on the, the trustees now, they're going to be selecting a new president. And so uh, Dr. Sylvia Jenkins has done an absolutely wonderful job over the years, but they're going to be selecting a new leader of the college. So it really is important to get folks in there as trustees that can help with that selection process. Um, Eileen and I have done all of those things. We've worked at companies. Eileen's an entrepreneur. We know how to manage businesses, start businesses, and make sure that we can manage costs and make it a win-win for all the stakeholders of the organization. Secondly, on the collective bargaining agreement side, you know, when I was briefly on the board in 2018 and 2019, uh, when there was a vacancy, they selected me uh, to join the board. Um, and I ran point uh, alongside the administration in, in managing those CBA agreements. All right. Dan Casey is one of 11 currently running for a spot over at Moraine Valley on their board. Uh, he's got a lot of things that he's uh, he's he's passionate about. Appreciate him coming down here and bringing me a beer. Uh, his running <laughs> mate is Eileen Curlin Walsh, and they will be two of eleven names on a ballot in what April when this uh, when this a- all goes April, down? April fourth. Uh, get out and uh, you know, as in the immortal words of Chicago, literally vote often. <laughs> but but uh, no, I mean, I think it's going to be great. I, you know, listen, all the candidates are doing this for their own reasons. You know, what I can say is that, you know, we are independents. We're going out. We're doing this thing because we care. And uh, we're putting our pocketbooks behind it as well. All right. And he didn't even mudsling. 
I was, I was waiting for that. You know, you know, candidate number eight's kind of got a drinking problem. Like I was waiting for something. It's, it's it, well, you know, maybe after a few more Guinnesses, Chris, but not, not yet. I have a confession to make. It's true. And I'm guessing you have done the same thing. Put more time into thinking about what's for dinner than preparing for your retirement. But if you think your retirement needs deserve more attention, I agree with you. And I want to help you out. I've got a local, experienced, down-to-earth guy who's a friend of this show. He's got a get-to-know-you approach and do-the-right-thing values. And he's been around for over 20 years right here on the South Side. His name is Tom Walsh. He's located on the corner of 111th and Kedzie, and he's waiting for your call. In times of financial uncertainty, how can you stay on track? Call someone who's invested in your success. Reach out to Tom now, 773-779-0023, or pop in at the office right on 111th and Kedzie. Tell them we sent you. Edward Jones, making sense of investing, member SIPC. Pollyanna Social in Lamont. Ryan's been on before for Pollyanna Brewing. I've been in this place before, Ryan, but now we've got the camera for the extended interview on the YouTube channel and the social media and stuff. I keep getting told I got to do this, okay? I'm an old man being taught new tricks, okay? And and I'm here to drink bourbon, which is something I think a lot of listeners know that I love and I enjoy. And I have Nick here, who is the manager. How are you? Doing good. I, I'm going to admit something. I don't know if you've listened to a recent episode of uh, Southside Pod. I was just on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. And I was haunted. I was haunted in uh, Bardstown by a ghost in in the inn that we were staying in, in the old Talbot Inn. We had a ghost hunter on the show and everything, and he confirmed that a ghost had an encounter with me. So there's no ghost around here, are there? There might be. Well, actually, now that you mention it, our neighbor next door at Astor Garden is convinced that she's got a a friend living in the basement, uh, <laughs> some sort of spirit. So. Really? We got a ghost story? You see, you have to have a ghost story. You need a story when you're doing distilling, don't well, you? Well, for sure. And this building is almost 170 years old, so we did modernize it in a way, but I'm sure there's some, some bodies literally buried underneath somewhere. There, our, our basements connect, um, and it's, it's a pretty creepy area down there. But, yeah, apparently her building was an old um, brothel. I'm not sure what this sure there's been some nefarious activities in this building too so i love it i love this you see that's the thing and isn't that like the key like you guys now you've been brewing for years at pollyanna okay great beer multiple locations lamont is probably the closest thing to most listeners uh, of Southside pod uh but you've been brewing for years you got this brewery here it's a centerpiece in lamont and then you decide you're going to go into distilling and i remember we we did something over the summer where i came over and you were just starting to taste the first barrels of bourbon, and you guys were all excited, and you were building this place up, and now you've launched, it's been around for a couple of months, but when you're distilling, when you're making spirits, you need a story, don't you? This is a story. You got a possible brothel and bodies buried underneath the place. It's all about storytelling, right? <laughs> I mean, the, the, liquid's, the liquid always matters, but the, the story behind it always uh, always counts. So yeah, I, actually, I think it was your show, Chris, uh, that last summer that we actually announced the opening or at least the, the plans for this uh, location. So it's great to be back on chatting about it. Uh, I, I appreciate it. First off, let's talk about what we're having here. Uh, I'm going to ask Nick about this one, if you don't mind, because uh, he please. poured it for me yeah, and he okay. told me all about it. So you have you have three different types of bourbon right now. Uh, as a bourbon drinker, and I think anybody out there that's a big bourbon drinker, they understand that when a distillery gets started, 
They generally have to do a little bit of a blend with what they're doing and with somebody else because there has to be a certain amount of years that a bourbon has to be in terms of age for it to be considered to be a bourbon. And don't worry, I was just in Bardstown down in Kentucky at Bardstown Distilling, and they're a massive distillery, and they had to do blends for the first couple of years. You could still actually buy them on the shelf. So this is a normal thing. So tell me a little bit about this bourbon. You have three of them. This is the, I would say, the base one, 90 proof like a bourbon should be. Yeah, so the bourbon game is obviously a long game. You can't just open up and have two and four year age bourbon right away. So yeah, our bourbon from mash to barrel is now resting in our uh, Lockport warehouse. So in order to have some aged bourbon, we, we sourced some barrels in our distiller, blended one to blended them to a 90 proof, uh, 110 proof, and then sourced some high rye barrels, and we had a high rye bourbon that's 100 proof. Um, it's technically not a rye, because in the mash it's not 51% rye. It's uh, 38%, I believe. So it's it's just, just almost a rye, but just has the characteristics, but it's technically still a bourbon. So yeah. Well, it's tasty and it's smooth, and I think that's what I like about a bourbon. I think that my my thing when I'm going to sit down and have one, and it's funny, I have people that knew me back when I was craft beer. Craft beer was first, right? Well, actually, first was Red Dogs that I was sneaking yeah. behind the garage, right? I mean, like, that was the first thing I was doing, okay? And then eventually, I was able to buy my beer and had a real ID, but but down the line, I got into craft beer back when I was out doing radio in, in California. We've talked about that before. I was big in the West Coast IPAs. You guys make great ones over at Poly. And then I got into bourbons, I want to say, maybe about four or five years ago. And I go on the bourbon trail now and I get into it. And and it's all about, to me, that it's got to be smooth. You know, a couple guys are the partners, uh, not myself, but the others, had some ideas and concepts. They were they were whiskey bourbon guys. They they had mash bills and that they're looking to accomplish. And we really, you know, they, you know, we so from from mash to, to barrel, we've been I think we've, we're almost two years into the program, and we have a few hundred barrels resting right now, uh, probably getting ready to release uh, what would probably be on the young side of a two-year uh, this year at some point. It might be members-only type uh, release just to give it a try. But Damn, podcasters that stop by, right? They get, well, they get of, it, right? of course. Get a taste? Members right, plus podcasts. Yeah, okay, remember me, Done. Done. <laughs> but yeah, we've really been walking uh, the line from from inception to to really our release of our stuff uh, with our with a line of bourbon that's uh, that's sourced and and blended. So I mean, uh, you know, Ed has his secret sauce and recipes that he works with. But uh, no, it's been exciting. And the Inception brand, which is what we call our our uh, our three bourbons that we currently source, is uh, is doing well. It gives us an opportunity to to provide something that we've crafted in our locations kind of buys us some time until our stuff starts uh, maturing and uh now you know the stuff we're making today we're we're brewing with a bourbon about 40 or distilling bourbon about four days a week right now for the last 14 months so wow. we've been busy doing it uh we're looking obviously on a long-term plan uh 2028 is going to be amazing that's awesome all right so when somebody walks in here in lamont first give me the address before you start telling me uh so they know how to get here what what are they going to expect when they come walking in what's the experience like Sure. Uh, so yeah, the address is three two six Main Street, right in the corner of all the action. It's a, it's a great building, wide open. You know, you, you can see everything, and you can see in. You, so there's no hiding here. It's windows for everything. 
it's good people watching. I've noticed when people are walking down the street, because I've been here before with my wife since she opened, it's good people watching. You can see people coming up and down the block. You're sitting in the window. You're sitting at the bar. You can see what's going on around here. Uh, there, there's com- some little coves, I, I know, over my shoulder here. Uh, you got another room that's in the back. It, 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 I wouldn't call it a speakeasy. But it's got a little bit of a feel the way the tables are set up. Like you came here to have some spirits and talk with people, and there's no TVs. Yes, that's a huge point, you know. And a lot of people don't even realize it until they've sat, seen, looked around for a little bit. They look up and they're like, "Where are the TVs?" You know, it's kind of a, it, it it's by design, you know, to get people to kind of be in the moment, experience the cocktail, experience the space, um, and I think that's the goal. Is just when people come in, make sure they're comfortable. It's an inviting space. You're going to get a, an elevated elevated cocktail um, without the pretentiousness. You know, it's everybody's welcome. And it's just kind of a, a the goal is to be comfortable and enjoy it. When we started the, the, the spirit business and cocktail business, I was convinced we're going to need to hire outside uh, consultants, mixologists, etc. But to see Nick and the team embrace cocktails and challenge themselves and push each other to the limits on this. We've done it. So we rolled out spirits and cocktails in St. Charles and Roselle, but when we were ready to come back to our mothership here in the Mott where it all started for beer, uh, it wasn't ever going to be in our current location. First off, it didn't really serve well for the, the back bar and that. And this is a town that's embraced us and we thought that we, we found the right location. Really it was, you know, I, this whole concept started with uh, as a Mad Men uh, Don Draper aficionado is really this concept of 50s, 60s, slow, you know, times kind of take reminiscent of times that were slower and relaxing and engaging. Um, you know, we built a horseshoe bar so that staff could engage the customers just like we see now. Um, our, whole, our whole approach since day one has always been, even when we opened craft beer, was don't geek out the customer. Let customer experience craft beer. It started with a Don Draper type feel. Uh, we kind of modernized it with the mid-century modern lines, but some modern colors and feels. We brought in some local artists. We did things that I just think are are relaxing, cool, and, and something that I want to hang out and have a drink around. Yeah, so. I, I'm, we're never going to end this interview. I'm going to sit here forever because I'm having such a good time. <laughs> I mean, it's such a really <laughs> neat place to hang out in. Are you just making oh. bourbon, or are you, just make, are you making more bourbon? Uh, all clear spirits, for sure. All, all yep. clear spirits. Yep. So what, do you, what, is, what is Pollyanna bringing here? Shoot, we make our own vodka, really nice gin. Um, it's more of a, a citrus forward gin, not so evergreeny. Um, a really nice rum. We've got, yeah, all the stuff up here. Everything There's a Gin's the next thing, isn't it? You know that. You're a planner. Gin's the next thing. It is It's the next bourbon, thing. and then gin's right behind it. Yes, the, sir. The gin crowd is coming right after the bourbon crowd, which I think is weird because when I used to drink gin all the time 10, 15 years ago, my wife would complain that my like I tasted like pine trees. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, like, that, like I was like one of the only people drinking gin, and I think it's right behind bourbon, huh? No doubt about it. Yeah. There's some innovative stuff happening, too. American gin, which we make, is a citrus. Based, you know, it's it's got your juniper, it's got some of your piney and dry f- characteristics, but it's got a ton of citrus in it. So the American gin game is a whole nother avenue to gin that your traditional dry London dry gin drinker is um, is it, it's a surprise for them. We're also doing barrel aged gins, which is I think we have some behind us as well. So wow, some really innovative stuff doing, and it's great on the artisanal side. It gives the distiller, you know, that gin basket is full of 
anything they feel like making that day. So, I mean, we've got six or eight or 10 different herbs and citrus peels, and there could be gym socks in there. I have I no idea. That. So I love that. Maybe some gummy bears. I have no idea. No, we don't make gummy bear gym sock gin, but we could. And that would be the, you know, that would be the artisanal part of gin making. Wow. That's incredible. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I learned a ton. I had a good time sitting here talking with you guys. I I feel like there's like so much more we could talk about. Like we could get into the fact that I think Lamont is becoming like like a mixed drink spirits capital here on the south side. Obviously it's competition, of course, but like we're not trying to steal people away. We're just trying, trying to crush everybody. Crush everyone. <laughs> Total down. The rising the rising tide rises. I love all that. Shit. Oh Sorry. my goodness, that's the best. All right, once again the address. Uh, 326 Main, Lamont. Like, as you come down, you can't miss this. It's, like, in the center of town, and uh, and I really want to thank uh, Ryan and Nick for, for having me over here and giving me this delicious bourbon. And, uh, you know, I'm supposed to go somewhere afterward, but I, I might just stay here. Is that, is, that, is that cool with you guys? Done. Been Done deal. To the bar. Thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, guys. If you've been injured at work, then you need someone who will fight for the care and compensation you deserve. The insurance companies will look out for themselves and their bottom lines, not you. I'm Matthew Coleman, partner and head of the work injury department at the law offices of Parenti and Norm. My team and I have the experience, dedication, and proven results it takes to fight for your rights. Call or text me today at 312-641-5926 or visit us on the web at pninjurylaw.com. Back down here at the Nine Foot Homemade Oak Bar, Marianne Rowan Leslie. She's one of the organizers behind the Southside Irish Parade. We talked to her a little while back as they were getting ready and they were doing the fundraising. And now I've been to the parade. We had a blast at Cork and Carry at 106th and Western. I saw the floats go by. The weather was not very good, but I felt like you got a pretty good crowd uh, based upon how that weather was. And I know that the, the party was live inside of the cork, and every time I stepped out, looked like the parade was going well. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. And so so how, how did it feel like to get to the end of it and be like, whew, this has been like a lot of time, a lot of planning, the fundraising, the getting, making sure all the floats are there, you, you, you crown the queen of the parade, everything. And then you got to deal with the weather on the day of. What was it like getting to the finish line? It it was exhilarating and it was so exciting. It it was just overwhelming. It really was overwhelming because this neighborhood comes out in full force and they're such a hearty group of people. And, you know, we were, it was snowing. It was. It was. It turned to rain later. Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> and we still guesstimated because we had a drone flying over the parade we guesstimated we had between 75,000 and 100,000 people still come out in that weather. Yeah. So we were really excited about that. Yeah. And you had you had some uh, some things you were trying out. We you brought it up on the last show. You had somebody at the end of the parade dealing with the chaos that normally ensues is like the band gets to the end. It's like that scene in Animal House yes. where like they make the wrong turn and they just run into the bricks at the end of the, the, the alleyway. Like it was almost like that for a couple of years. You did something different. Did it work? It did. It went, it worked really well because we had somebody just telling everybody where to go at the egress of the parade. And then just kind of, it was such a smooth transition after that. Everybody went their ways and it was great. It was perfect. I noticed something this year that I thought was really interesting. And I know it's probably been going on for a while, but I had to go over to Western the night before. 
on Saturday for something. And so I was up there and I had, I see neighbors that were within a block or so of the route and they're taking garbage cans and running like caution tape around them. Dibs. And there's porny, there's porta johns <laughs> that are out in front of their house. And I, I had somebody ask me a question with all the porta johns on the corner around the neighborhood. Is that something the parade's doing or people are doing that on their own? Uh, a little of both. We took feedback from the parade before it was canceled back in 2009. And one of the things was people had nowhere to go to the bathroom. Restaurants right. and bars were not allowing people, the public in. So we took that feedback and it's part of the fundraising where we pay for 169 port portable units up and down Western from 102nd all the way to 115th. We do it at all the metro stations and we do it at the public, the Chicago Park District places as well. That's and then awesome. Neighbors have them for their own parties too. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm going to tell you something. It, I, that was something I commented on. I had the kids walking with me. We we went from after Cork, we went and walked up the street. We went to go visit friends at another place and we're walking up the street. And halfway there, I was like, Dad's going to stop here because they were all out. And and my kids were like, isn't it convenient? I'm like, it wasn't like this when I was your age. When I was running around this parade, you couldn't find a place to go to the bathroom. No. So I think that's a great idea. So anything else that happened during the parade that you were like, you were like, this worked. This is something we want to change. This is something that we were pleasantly surprised about. Well, yeah, I got a phone call from a woman who won a gardening, uh, you know, some award for her garden. She said, please don't put your porta potty on my front parkway. <laughs> <laughs> so we took that feedback and we respected it. And her house is phenomenal. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, we did. We we try to be good neighbors and we try to get what goes on in people's, you know, in front of their house and have them let us know what happens so that we can fix it for next year. And Marianne Rowan Leslie from the Southside Irish Parade brought to you proudly today by SidSauce.net, local company growing peppers right here on the South Side, developing delicious hot sauces and delivering to your door. It's all small batch. It's the only hot sauce that I use. And there's so many of them to choose from. Serpenter's Cobra Peach seems hot and peachy and something I'm going to try next. See that and all the other options at SidSauce.net. I had a blast going along there. I, I I feel like people still get up for the bands. That's the thing that they're most excited of. It seemed like you had a lot of bagpipers too, which is good because sometimes if you miss them at the beginning or you're, you're inside someplace or whatever, you feel like you never saw them. You had a lot of them. We did. We had, I believe, 13 bands, marching bands and bagpipe bands. And we had a lot from the police and fire department. So, you know, that was our big theme this year, uh, the chaplain ministries of the police and fire department. And these past few weeks, you know, have been horrendous and just so overwhelming for the for them. So we tried to really focus back on them and appreciate everything that they've done for us. Yeah, I'm sure they enjoyed that as well. Yeah, we had um, Carl, Officer Carlos Yenez, who his partner was Ella French, who she got murdered in 2021, and he yes. was gravely injured. Last year, he joined the parade in a wheelchair, and this year, he marched. That's awesome. entire mile and a half. Good for him. Good yeah, for him. It was. It was the it was the greatest thing that happened at the parade. And, you know, you should always, you should always support those that are out there that are protecting, uh, you know, your homes. Uh, you know, I know there are some people who have negative views of the police. And, I, I, you know, I always sit there and I say, okay, well, there's there's negative something about, about every profession in the world. But the vast, vast majority of these people are really doing their absolute best in putting their lives on the line. And they go through these tragedies and it hits them. And it hits firemen as well. I mean, you had the tragic story of the one fireman with his family, and then and you had an officer just lost his life recently, and this stuff is going on. 
it means a lot to them, I think, when they're out there. And some of them don't want to admit it, but I came from a police family, and I know that it means a lot to them. Right. So Officer Andres Vasquez Lasso, who lost his life March 1st, his wife joined us at Mass at St. Cajetan, and we honored her. And uh, we we had a lot of people within the ba- in, within the parade showing their appreciation for him giving his ultimate sacrifice for all of us. And it shows it shows how a neighborhood comes together. It shows a lot about the neighborhood that you have the parade in. I would expect nothing less from them to come out and support the support those that are that are out there putting their lives on the line to keep the rest of us safe. And uh, just and it shows how well the parade is is running the last couple of years. Kudos to you and the rest of you behind it. I mean, that thing was so well organized. I, I not to put anything disparaging on past parades, but man, it was like it was wild back when I was young and that was a fun parade. It wasn't boring or anything like that. It was just fun. And it was, it was, it was well put together. Oh, thank you very much. There's so many people that put so many hours into it, but we, we are kind of becoming a well-oiled machine. We just sent out an email. We're having our post-mortem parade uh, meeting in a couple of weeks. (laughs) What went well, what didn't. So if anybody listening to this has a couple of suggestions, send them in. All right. Sounds good. How do do they reach out or if there's something that they want to talk about with the parade? Southsideirishparade.org. Maybe maybe if you ever wanted to get involved in it, this is what you do. Always looking for volunteers. Yeah. Think about it now. And by next year, you could be sitting here on Southside Pod telling me how well it went. A lot of cool swag comes with being a volunteer. Thank you, Marianne. Great parade. Thank you, Chris. Southside Pod Bulletin Board time as we wrap up this show with what's going on this weekend and beyond. Brought to you by Cool Clouds Vapor Shop. Quitting smoking is hard, and Cool Clouds wants to give you an alternative. Complete taster bar, great CBD products, located on the northeast corner of 95th and Kedzie. See all they have to offer at CoolCloudsVapor.com or stop in and see them at 3148 West 95th Street. The brewery festivals are back again. The arts and the crafts and all the fun and there's beers and there's burgers and a big giant bazaar. The Flipside Bazaar going off this Sunday, the 19th, 7144, 183rd Street in Tinley Park. Kicks off at 11 a.m. and goes until 5 with handmade local and unique items going from home decor to local art and jewelry, self-care, and so much more local artists and a local brewery all out in Tinley Park. They got a Facebook page. Look it up if you want more details. Also, there's another market coming up the week afterwards on the 25th of March, the alien edition of Maker's Market. Sound Growler Brewing is hosting this one at 8201 183rd Street in Tinley. Tinley Breweries Craft Markets. It's like the thing right now. Again, Saturday the 25th from noon until 5 p.m. They got good tacos out there. You can buy some cool things. You can support some local businesses that dabble in the extraterrestrial and the unknown. And who knows, maybe some little green men will be walking around. That's the first of two back-to-back weekend events over at Sound Growler because on April the 8th, they're going noon to 5 with a plant market. It's all plant art and plants and plant accessories and plant huggers and things made from plants and edible plants. There's going to be a lot of plants there. There's also tacos. There's beer. Tinley's becoming like a brewery mecca. Lamont is becoming a spirits mecca. Every time I think we drank too much here on the South Side, they just keep bringing me more. Follow along with us. Subscribe anywhere podcasts can be found and always at SouthsidePod.com. It's the South Side! 
Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs>